Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions. How's it going? It's going, uh. Rampage! (laughs) I was gonna say, like, I felt good because I just came off of a rampage or, like, I'm going on to a, a rampage. Like, tomorrow I might rampage. There's no. There's no way to just like casually refer to a rampage. Like it's not a thing you can just be like, ah, I might rampage later. Yeah, you know, like like what, what you got, it's not it's not something you add to a to do list. You know, like wake up, <laughs> have coffee, rampage. You know, like ten ten rampage ten to ten thirty ten thirty one. You know, like 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 sit sit at desk, answer emails. There's an art house movie somewhere right now struggling to get Kickstarter funding for like a boring monster, like a. <laughs> like like a monster who like also has like a nine to five job for some reason. Well, and, and I think that they would have to name that movie Terms of Enrampagement. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can. I wish I could say, that's I can say with complete is, honesty that I did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is unfortunately an Archer quote. Ah, so, uh, I know, I, right? No, I, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> But yes, we played we played Rampage for this uh this particular game. So what what are your nostalgia? We, we played experience? the Ness Rampage. Yes. Which is important for a couple of reasons we're going to get into a lot more depth on, but if you are picturing the arcade game or the PlayStation remake or I think the later PlayStation remake cuz I think it they did two sequels maybe, uh make sure you are imagining the Ness game. Because right. that's what we did, which I was pouring over this one, uh, like what my nostalgia experience was, because you ever you, you remember like old uh, video game commercials where it would like because people didn't know what home consoles were. So it would like show a kid putting the game like in to the console and then mm-hmm. like terrible visual effects where they were like, whoa, and they're like being blown away. <laughs> like play- that's kind of how I remember playing this game. Like hmm. I have crystal clear memories of playing it and like I can even kind of picture the room I'm in, but I can't identify the room I'm in and I can't see the faces of anyone in the room with me. So like my <laughs> memories of this game are just like a vague video game commercial. Like I have no I have like nothing concrete to to sink my gorilla teeth into. Like it's it's kind of a weird feeling to be like ha huh, why is this so hmm. spotty but that that's all i got i know i played it and i'm pretty sure i played it real early like before we left new england early so when i was like under 5 hmm yeah, so uh, so so that that being you know the uh, just some other information if i could get from you mother's maiden name if i would yeah because... <laughs> you just you just want to start would you also like to know the first school i went to and my i, I would the, yes. the color and make of my first car <laughs> I'd like to know your wedding colors, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so actually, what you just described to me, and 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 you know, you know, I love you like a brother. I'm I'm really concerned that your brain may have planted that memory for you, and you may not have played this game because, like that, all of those have the hallmarks of your brain going back and making stuff up, you know, because because yeah. like it's like everything else about it is fuzzy, but you do know you're like, yeah, but I definitely played this. It's like, 
did you or did you watch that commercial and then your brain's <laughs> that commercial and then just the idea that you should have played this game and just sw- slumped it together and said like yeah this is probably right this is your memory of it now oh yeah no you want me to come to your side of the courtroom and argue your case because <laughs> i can actually add way more fuel to the these are fabricated memory fires because i know <laughs> that I played the arcade cabinet as an adult in like adult Mm. like arcades or like bars that have old arcade games in them. So not only am I totally unable to pin down where and when I played it as a child, I can confirm that I played it as an adult with way more confidence, which (laughs) lends a lot more credence to the, you never played this as a kid. Your brain is just fabricating those memories, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure enough that I would confidently say like, yes, I played this as a kid, but it's kind of a Barton Lisa, as long as you have no follow-up questions (laughs) situation. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, so, so for me personally, um, I I never played this on the NES. Like I didn't own it, anything like that. I only played this as a kid in arcades. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So and and I just I remember and mine 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 is also a little vague, but um, I remember the arcades. I remember more. <laughs> so like higher percent chance my brain isn't just feeding me lies, um, <laughs> or is it? Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I remember because like. I remember like feeding like one or two quarters into it and like playing this game like really briefly because it's as we'll get into um, it eats it just eats quarters. Right. So I remember like like being like, oh, man, this is really cool. I get to be like a lizard running around smashing giant things like Godzilla. All right. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, you know, going and spending my quarters on actually the Simpsons video game, which I played a lot. Heck yes. Yeah. So. um, So, yes, that that is that is my nostalgia experience for this. And so um, as we had discussed, uh, cause we, we, we did a little, a little back and forth before the show, you know, it, like it, uh, we, the, the industry term would be a pre-show we were discussing in the pre-show. Ah, yes. In the green room. Um, <laughs> uh, we, were, we were basically just talking about like, and, and, you know, spoilers ahead for this episode. Um, but uh, is that there's just not a lot to this game, like less so than um, than some of the other ones we played, they've been very bare bones, and they made some mechanical choices that actually took even more away from it. Um, so, how can we reduce this to its constituent atoms? No, no, we're going for quarks. Like <laughs> they just they just tore it all down. Yep, yep. Baby loves quarks. Um, but uh, anyway, so so we're we're gonna kind of change the layout of this episode a little bit so basically um you know there are uh, we, we we both you know subscribe to the show extra credits which if anybody you know hasn't watched that go it's a youtube channel they are incredibly um erudite people that you know know video games inside and out um and they did a presentation on a paper about eight core aesthetics of play and basically uh, you know, with some of the changes that they made to this, they completely removed the original aesthetic. And so um, we were just kind of like, we were like, well, what are we going to talk about? So we were like, well, what we're going to try this time is going through each of the different eight and discussing whether or not this game successfully delivers on that. And so the first one um, is Sense Pleasure, which very nicely falls into our normal structure of talking about visuals and audio first. But but the question would be, does this deliver on sense pleasure? 
not not really. So so <laughs> so no and and here's why no. Um you have a lot more memories of playing the arcade cabinet and when I was playing this I was kind of asking myself like okay, um what what what's happening here? Like why is why is what's happening happening to me? And so I went to look it up online and I was like, okay, Rampage only results about the movie. And I was like, ah, damn it. Okay. <laughs> Rampage game only results about the remake. Ah, g- damn it. Original Rampage game because I had forgotten for a minute that it was an arcade cabinet before it came to home consoles, like most games of this era. Um, mm-hmm. I think the first few times that happened, I was like, oh, right. But now it's just like, yeah, you need to remember this, you idiot. So <laughs> it was an arcade cabinet and arcade cabinets at that time in history were so much more powerful than home consoles, like many, many times more powerful. And I literally spent 15 minutes just confirming that the screenshots I was seeing of the arcade game were actually what the arcade game looked like because it looked really nice. Like it looked really nice, not even just for a game of the time. Like it just looks nice. Like it is a well rendered game because it was on a huge custom screen designed for that arcade cabinet with powerful hardware designed for this game. And then you look at the NES one, which is the one we're actually talking about. And like everything is just muddy and blocky and it's just not, it's just not very pleasant to look at because everything looks unfinished and that is not fun when there is only one screen and there is only one set of visuals and that is all you see for the entire length of time you play this game. So to say that it, you know, whether or not it delivers on uh, like a visual sensory pleasure is like a hard no with, I'm going to say like three really minor exceptions. Um, the animation of eating people, which you do a fair amount because that's one of the ways you get health back and, and you get points. Um, that is actually really satisfying. Like they, the, 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 the George or Lizzie like turns to the camera and like chews them to death. Like while they're kind of staring you down, like you made this happen. <laughs> um, that's cool. Uh, the, the look of disgust. If you accidentally grab a toilet and you spit out the water, like mm-hmm. that's pretty lovingly animated. And then uh, the the way you look when you kind of get electrocuted and there's like the little shock animation, but the shock animation is like, you don't really want to see that because it means you're dying, right? The, yep. the eating people animation, you do see a lot and that is a good animation, but it's not, it doesn't like make up for the rest of the boring animation. It kind of like shines a light on them, right? So having this like one, kind of lovingly crafted little animation just makes you go like, Oh, everything else is so mundane. Right? It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just not, it's not unpleasant to look at, but it's certainly not pleasant. Like it's, it's just, eh, yeah, it's just, eh. yeah. No. And actually I would say on a scale of like one to 10, um, five being completely neutral. Right. I'd say like, this is kind of like a four or like a three and a half because a lot of it. And I, I kind of get, why they did it to a degree but like all of the buildings are you know like bright and like different colored you know which is fine but they're all like hard primary colors you know and so because of that like you know when you have like just like this like hard red against hard green against hard like whatever it 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 makes it feel less like a building and kind of pulls to me it like pulls you out of like the experience 
you know? Yeah, it's more just shapes of colors. Yeah, and so, like, I'm like, these seem less like buildings and more like obstacles, you know? Yeah, um, which, and so, you arguably, know, but I, I take your meaning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I, I would say that that definitely definitely no i mean like and and i think that kind of like what you're hitting on is the the animations are like pretty decent like like for all, also for like punching you know what you do a fair amount of like mm, very that, satisfying yeah that feels satisfying like especially when you when you time it right and you punch a helicopter out of the air that's pretty sweet you know um also the other thing that i loved was whenever i would like punch and a person would like appear in the window like as i was punching so instead of punching i just snatched and ate them i was just kind of like man i was just you know like I, I was just trying to break your building but you know instead i got to eat you you know like <laughs> surprise <laughs> so um so yeah so i i definitely feel that it did not visually it's not stunning or like satisfying you know and it doesn't really do anything with its visual so if we're if we're discussing it as a core aesthetic it does not do anything with its visuals that would make me want to play this game like i would not play this game for the visuals like it's not um you know something like uh uh oh shoot i'm trying to think of the name of it but you know like where the like the colors are vibrant or like ddr you know or even like even guitar hero you know which actually delivers on different core aesthetics, but like those visuals can, you know, like I'll play that just because like it, it, it looks really awesome. Like when you hit that guitar, you know, just in the right way and then everything like lights up and it just, it, it feeds your brain that happy feeling, you yeah. know, none well, of that. And I even of like of like this generation console, you know, cartridge console generation. Like I just recently encouraged a friend to play final fantasy six or American three. If you're lame um, for the first time, <laughs> Because uh, she'd never played it before, and she was telling me about it, and I was like looking up some stuff and like looking at parts of the game that she was at, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this game is so beautiful! Like it's so beautiful! Like every every sprite is just beautifully rendered, every building, every background, every mountain, every piece of artwork, every like magic animation. Like I, like I could sit and just watch someone else play Final Fantasy or watch YouTube videos of Final Fantasy VI because it's just so." visually stunning and Mm -hmm. and the graphics are better but i mean it's only one console generation later right it's not like we're comparing it to like the last of us right so it's i I think it's fair to say that you can have uh low res graphics that are still really stunning and really visually satisfying um i mean god even tetris because like everything fits together so nice and tight and it feels like very mechanical and precise like i wouldn't go to that game just for the visuals but the visuals are very enticing and they're like good solid visuals um the same with the audio like you know the final fantasies for example have like this amazing like you just like close your eyes and you just imagine the music and it's just good and it just like washes over you and it's great and this game decided to have one song one song that goes yep. with one visual in the background and it's just it's not not only is it repetitive but it's not on theme so like there's a cog- a high cognitive dissonance where you're like I'm destroying all these buildings and it's like you're like what 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 is this like is yeah this it, just it sounds a like, chore? like is, yeah it sounds like they're just like kind of sauntering into work and then decided to destroy buildings on their way in you know like it's it's the uh, 
<laughs> it's not even quite as upbeat, but I was just thinking about uh, in Family Guy when Peter Griffin makes the wish to have like his life have a soundtrack, you know? <laughs> it's like yes. -na 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 -na, riding on a bus, you know, like yeah. Like it's 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 just it's very it the music, I mean actually the one note I had for for audio was like there's just there's just nothing. There's like it's almost a void and, and it's just it's so banal that I actually had to like crank the volume up on my TV to even hear it to the point where the sound effects, what little of them they were, were abrasive just so that way I could hear the music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, um, it's, it's certainly not under a heading I would refer to as pleasurable. It's like, no. th there are sounds, there is audio. And I imagine in like a noisy arcade, you probably cared a lot less, but like, this is the nest cartridge. I'm in my home sitting on my floor eating cereal directly out of the box because that way it doesn't get all soggy in a bowl of milk. And it's okay, just wait, like, wait, I, wait, I'd like to hear wait, something. When given the option, though, will you eat cereal in milk or do you always eat it dry? I will eat certain cereals in milk, but given the option, there are cereals that I would never put in milk. And okay. And anyone who drinks the milk at the bottom of their cereal bowl is a monster. And okay. I don't mean like a fun rampage monster. <laughs> I mean, like a Mussolini kind. Gotcha. Well, well, only us monsters here. No, cause, <laughs> because this is, this is something that Megan and I get into it about. Because she never drinks her cereal or, or puts milk in cereal. And I, you know, like I will eat cereal dry, but like, you know, I generally go for the milk and uh and you know I, I forgot what i said recently i said like oh yeah well you know like just can you pick up some milk she's like why i'm like well i want to i want to have cereal she's like why do you need milk for cereal i'm like oh that's right you eat it dry like an animal <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I i challenge your side story with a side story of my own um, Excellent. which is i uh, when i was a kid i would put the amount of milk into my cereal that a person would put if they were planning to drink it at the end but i didn't I just wanted milk in my cereal because I do like the way it tastes so that I would eat it really fast so that it wouldn't get soggy and then throw the milk away. And you can imagine in my like middle-class upbringing, the response that generated from my father. Yeah. No, I, can, I can hear your father now. <laughs> yeah. So the, the one thing I did do is like, if I do eat cereal with milk now, I basically put so little milk that I don't feel like I'm wasting it at the end, which I think is a fair compromise. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's legit. And that, but that does, and, and, and that, that, that sensory pleasure of, of eating the cereal brings us, brings us right, back in. Right back. <laughs> yeah. It's an easy segue. Um, but one of the notes I did have was basically uh, a, a, another disappointment for the, the sound and, and thus why it does not deliver on sense pleasure is not only is there like no real music to, to per se, there's like the barest of bone sound effects and none of them enhance gameplay, you know, like and yeah, by what, really. what I mean is like there's no information that's delivered through sound. There's all of the sounds are just like like if you punch something, it makes a sound effect. If somebody hits you with something, it makes a sound effect. That's pretty much it. I don't. There's a, like there's a couple of things that I think the sound would have been more useful on an arcade cabinet because there the arcade cabinet screen was considerably larger and most of your attention is focused on the character and so if like 
you hear the helicopter noise, that might make your eyes like dart up and be like, oh, there's a helicopter coming. I want to move so that it doesn't like get directly overhead and drop a bomb on me. Right. So like it in in the right situation, I think the audio would have informed you in a way that just visuals would have been too sluggish or too confusing. But again, like we played the NES version on purpose because that's the one we played mostly is like you shrink that down, you take away all of the utility that the sound was providing, and now you just have boring kind of redundant sound effects. Right. So so moral of that story is it 100% does not, this is not a sense pleasure game, no. right? So, um, so then the next one on the list is fantasy. So, um, fantasy is, uh, it allows you to step into a role. Like, um, uh, uh, examples of this would be like, uh, you know, call of duty, um, you know, uh, most RPGs, you know, tr- at least in some capacity, try to deliver on this. So, uh, mass effect, um, you know, things like that where eh, mass effect may be a little bit less, but like, it's something where, you know, well, even um, you, like you, Grand Theft Auto, like Madden, like any any yeah. any game where they're saying you're not watching this story or directing this story, like you are living it. You are Nico Bellic. You are, you know, Madden, right? Like you, you are right. actually supposed to be inhabiting this person and living out this experience. Right. It's specifically like a a, a role based experience. So, does it does it try to or does it deliver on fantasy? So short answer, what is it? Uh, short answer, yes, with an if. Long answer, no, with no. a but. <laughs> so, so it's, I think that is what they're going for, right? Because it's like, you can be King Kong. I mean, a legally safe, different monster from King Kong. <laughs> you can be not Godzilla, right? And, Definitely and, not Godzilla. Not not even close. Nope. Exactly close. So you <laughs> you can be these monsters and you can go and like smash things and like that's kind of a cool thing to deliver on. And especially when you think like this time in history, that to look at movies that were successful and be like, oh, we can give the player that experience. Like instead of a movie like Godzilla or King Kong, which is kind of like a horror movie because you are supposed to be empathizing with the humans who are terrified for their lives. It's like through video games, we can actually flip that and make the player empathize with the monster. Wouldn't that be neat? Yeah, Yeah. and it's totally neat. Like it is a fun idea and mechanic. The if on the end of that, and and you know, stop me if this isn't the place you want to talk about this, but because they pulled this out of the arcade and into the home console, they were like, okay, well, we'll just take away quarters, and now you can instead of instituting like a live system or a continue system or something, they were like, just press A to keep playing, and you just keep pressing A, and you can keep playing. So it takes some of the fantasy out of it because it's like oh i'm not a monster trying to wreck the city before i'm stopped i'm an unstoppable monster like i don't that that fantasy is less fun because it's just like oh so i'll just win eventually well and i think that um so so I think that, yes, this game is trying to deliver on fantasy. I think that that's one of the core aesthetics that they, if if the developers were thinking of it in this framework, which I'm confident that they weren't, but let's assume that they were worth their salt and, and were. Um, I, I think we, that this is one that we they're We should figure out if the research paper that this 
framework is based on actually may have come after this. I don't remember. Quite, quite possibly. <laughs> um, but, uh, but so I think that, and, and honestly, for me personally, I don't really think that um, removing removing the coin op and, and just making it so you can press A, I don't think that, I think that it does impact fantasy a little bit. Um, and I think for some, I think the reason why I don't think it impacts it dramatically, I think it definitely impacts challenge, um, which is what a lot of games in this this time were based off of, and it completely completely drops that out. Um, but uh, but I don't really because I think that like for some people, I think that you're correct. Where it's just kind of like, oh well, I'm not, you know, like a a monster that you know could could possibly be stopped. I am an invincible god of destruction, right? <laughs> but but for some people, that may actually enhance the fantasy a little bit to where you know like they they are to a degree invincible you know uh like i said like i I think like either either way you know um i I think it would really depend on the individual uh but i think that honestly as for does it deliver on fantasy i think that it does personally just because i remember when i was younger that's why you played this game you know is is because you wanted to like you said be king kong go around knock down buildings made you feel awesome made you feel you know made you feel like King Kong and then you, you, you stopped and you went and did something else. I think that it delivers on that. I just think that it does not do it sustainably, you know, where in that, like, yeah, there, there isn't enough variety to make you want to continue to indulge in the fantasy. Correct. Like once you've destroyed a city, it's just like, okay, now that exact same thing again, that exact same thing. So there's no depth to the fantasy. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing else enhancing this, um, this core aesthetic, right? Because if they, because, because like, obviously like you can, you can have games deliver on, on any of these and some games that are super popular deliver on many of them, you know? Uh, but that being said, like, there's nothing enhancing the fantasy, like narrative, you know, there's no narrative backing this up. There's no, uh, you know, like competition, there's no fellowship, there's no, there's nothing else like sustaining that. So like, once you've, (laughs) once that ball rocket's been fired, you're like, Ooh, ah, and then that's, it's just kind of it. So, I enjoyed the fantasy for like the first five minutes until I was just kind of like, oh, okay, it's just this over and over again. Yeah, you know. Well, and for one thing, because I don't remember if you explicitly said this when you were setting up the premise for this episode, is uh, most games would not, certainly most good games would not fall into a single one of these eight buckets. They would have like two to four of these things and then maybe even more than that depending on how big and robust the game is right so the the fact that it may or may not deliver on a given aesthetic isn't like oh we're gonna narrow it down we're gonna eventually get to the one because that's just just not how this this framework is is designed um but the the other side of it uh or the other thing i want to say is um this does kind of play out like a child's fantasy because it's like you know oh what what would you like to have for dinner ice cream would you like to have that for dinner every night every night and it's like you haven't really (laughs) thought this through have you i have not right like (laughs) hey tomorrow's christmas i wish every day could be christmas no you don't like right and and this is kind of like that it's like i want to destroy the city i wish every day i could destroy a city okay that's gonna be the only level in the game Oh, it's it's not that fun. No, it's it's just like the you know a casino where I win, I must be in heaven. <laughs> a casino where I always win, I must be in hell. 
Um, yeah, it, absolutely. And and I think the uh, like you said, um, you know, like most games and, and most games will actually have all of these. It's just whether or not it's a core aesthetic. So the example that's given by by extra credits, I think is very apt. And I would struggle to come up with one better on the fly is like Mario has a narrative. You're not playing that thing for the story. You know, right. like you're not you're not playing it for the the vast drama in between Mario and Peach and Bowser. That's not that's not what you came to the show for. You know? I mean, it's what I'm here for, but that's why I don't yeah. like Mario games. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just I just all of a sudden heard like like I, I could hear a thousand people unsubscribing. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. I don't like Mario games and unsubscribe. Yeah. Um, or or so, worse, so we gained a bunch of subscribers who were like art house trolls. <laughs> Like, oh, I only play Tetris where all of the pieces are straight and it's only shades of gray. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so so does it deliver on fantasy? We'll say tentatively, like like mildly, yes, or at least that that's what it's trying to deliver on. It's definitely um, trying, and I would say it does. It's just that for you and I with our level of games literacy, like it cannot exist in a vacuum. And as we get to the other ones, the there's going to be more X's than checks on this list. Yep. Which brings us to narrative, which is, uh, you know, like, like the, the game as story, right? So um, does it have a, a provocative or invocative or, you know, like a, a story that is worth like looking at, like something that you would t- discuss with friends, you know, like maybe like come up with fan theories, you know? Um, no, no, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is no story. In fact, that I would make the argument that, Basically, this thing just kind of and and again, you know, like it doesn't have to have this, but it just leans on your existing pop culture knowledge of King Kong and Godzilla. If you don't if you have never seen or heard of either of those two things, it actually further diminishes the other aesthetics like they are just relying that you have that knowledge going in and that you want to be these things. And that's it. You know, there is I think the all the, the narrative that you get is a brief one sentence blurb about george and lizzie at the very beginning of the episode of the you know game and then that's it it's almost like they wanted to make a licensed game but couldn't afford the licenses because (laughs) they i mean the the george is obviously the king kong right the the lizzie is obviously the 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 godzilla i don't know what the the arcade game also had the wolf i don't actually know what that one is based on maybe it's just like what if werewolves but giant like i don't actually know what that's that's a pull on but the uh i think you nailed it in that like if you show up having no idea what king kong is and what godzilla is they're like oh crap we really expected you to come in with that foreknowledge because if you know what those characters are already you don't need any other explanation Oh, I know that King Kong eats people out of windows, and I know that I mean he grabs the girl. I know, you know, yeah. King Kong like swats, you know, down planes on top of buildings. I know Godzilla like wrecks, you know, Tokyo and then later New York, I think. Um so you would just take it on good faith, like, oh, it's like it's a King Kong, it's a Godzilla. They're doing what King Kongs and Godzillas do. But if you don't have that pop culture knowledge, I I don't I mean maybe the assumption is like if you have access to video games, you will have this pop culture knowledge. So it's like they're just taking it on good faith that you couldn't have one without the other. But well, and <laughs> it was definitely common for games of this time to 
rely on that on, on the players based knowledge going in you know or on like, instruction because i mean like is often the case you know we have a cobbled together a collection of nonsense so it's like maybe there's you know 20 interesting well-written chapters by mr stephen king and in the instruction manual like we, <laughs> we don't know yeah we wouldn't know but uh but does it but i mean and again you know like the the kind of bare bones narrative i don't think that, that not only does it not deliver on narrative it's it's not trying like it's there's no attempts this is something that everybody on the team said this is not what this game is about like there is no story and especially the fact that there are 128 levels and i mean that's it you know there's 128 levels like there's no yeah. that's that's all that they did so it's just kind of like so no no it does not deliver no they're not attempting to um yep. so next <laughs> on the list is um and i think that this is where we're going to get into some of the the meaty mechanics that we were talking about is a uh, challenge so you know game game as uh as like obstacle course right is is the way that they framed it next credits and again i would fail to come up with something better on the fly but it's just kind of like you know um does it deliver uh, mario is a great example of like a challenge-based game you know also the um, obstacle course metaphor <laughs> yes yes exactly <laughs> uh so does this game is this game trying to deliver on challenge and does it deliver on challenge it is definitely going for challenge, but because we specifically played the Nest port, it absolutely fails on challenge in yep. a way I don't think I've ever come across before. And I'm, I'm not saying that this is rare. It's just that like games from this super early, like direct port of an arcade were not my core aesthetic. So <laughs> I don't know how often they said, oh, well, we'll just lift the quarters out. And then every time you press A, it's as if you put another quarter in. So it's like you're Richie Rich playing this video game, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's a mechanical problem with making that decision because you have now said the challenge is that you have to be, you know, eating people and smashing buildings and avoiding bombs and, and trying not to get shot too much by like the army guys and trying not to eat too much toilet water because it slows you down. And, and like, otherwise you're going to die. And like, once you run out of quarters, then you're not going to get to destroy all of America. And that would be yep. bad. Apparently. Um, it is the lose condition. It is. But <laughs> if you are playing on the nest like we did and you just keep pressing A, you just get back up with full life and your score doesn't even reset. So like there is it's not that there's no penalty, it's that you are actually incentivized to just be a reckless idiot because it's the fastest way to play. Yes, exactly. I mean like and I think that the the game, especially the arcade cabinet, definitely challenge was one of the core aesthetics and i think that this choice was shows like lack of foresight planning knowledge like like i think that this was a poor decision because it it just takes the challenge now now you know difficulty difficulty and challenge are not the same thing but it takes the challenge of the game and strips it all away and and the reason why i think that it was just a, a poor ham-handed decision is because one there's a million different ways that you know you could attack this right you could uh, obviously lives is typically what they went with and if you're like oh well there's no way that everybody's gonna anybody's ever gonna get to see all 128 levels on any number of lives you add in a password system you know and then bam you're you're, you're good you know or continues uh, but when you continue your score resets to zero and that's the the other thing that i think that because if they just had your score reset every time you hit x there would still be challenge right and then that would actually be kind of a nice way to to do it. because like for instance you you and myself where we're just kind of like yeah i don't really care about score you know or, or what have you so we would just you you can basically opt out of that challenge 
you know, is you're just like, I don't care about the score. But if you if you're like, no, I actually want to challenge myself with score. And that would actually enhance one of the other core aesthetics competition. Right. Is because like I could play and see how high I could get my score. And then I hand it off to a friend and then see how high they could get their score and so on and so forth. Right. But the fact that they just lifted it out and did it in like the most bizarre way possible. And this is definitely something that they were trying to deliver on, I think, kind of shows poor planning and i think that it hints at the fact that of what we kind of see throughout the game we we've seen it so far with the visuals is that they just ripped this out of the arcade cabinet put it onto a cartridge in in the hope to just make a buck basically you know well and i mean i so i do i do kind of wonder like in trying to give the benefit of the doubt to designers of this time because the the ports they are they're ports right because in modern games like you can take a game that was built and for all intents and purposes is like a windows game Mm -hmm. but because of the engine it was built on you just like press a button and it essentially recompiles it for mac right and and you can more or less do the same thing with like the modern xbox and the modern playstation because they're based on the same processors which means they can execute functionally identical code so like porting a game from one system to another is not the the work that it used to be even just a generation ago let alone 30 years ago but when you when you look at moving an arcade game to the nintendo like everything got worse because it's not really that they took the the code and put it on a nintendo cartridge like they had to rebuild this game Right, so mm-hmm. someone had to draw all new art assets, and they had to make all new sound effects with the Nintendo's hardware, and they had to, you know, have a different aspect ratio on the screen because arcade cabinets usually had custom monitors in them, and you know they had to program the interactions because I guarantee you there was not a Nintendo controller on the arcade cabinet, like probably not. Yeah. Right, so <laughs> so the reason I say all that is because these people essentially were building an entire new game. It's just that they were copying an existing game which means they you can't blame them for lazily saying oh we'll just take out the the coin mechanic because they had to build an entire game engine from scratch so it's not like saying we're going to have a live system is like oh well we'd rather just take out the coin mechanic like there was no coin mechanic they had to build the game from scratch so it makes me wonder was a selling point and i, I tell you all that to tell you this was <laughs> a selling point going to presumably an adult or like an older teenager and saying, Hey, do you like playing rampage? Would you like to just buy it once and then be able to play as much as you want? Like I, that, that sounds like a legit selling feature. And I think because they were probably hyper-focused on, I mean, a new Nintendo game in the 80s was like $70, which in today's money would be like $140, like really, really expensive. So to say to this person, hey, spend this ludicrous amount of money, but only spend it once, and then you can play as much as you want. And they didn't really think about how that actually would maybe completely destroy someone's enjoyment of the game. <laughs> Part of their enjoyment of the game was I only have three quarters left. And if I go make change for a dollar or if I have to like go home and crack open my piggy bank or dig through the couch cushions, then this game will be done. Right. right. And like and maybe removing that tension breaks the game in horrible ways. Yeah, and and I absolutely agree that it does, and and I didn't mean to, you know, like 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 be, you know, like like crap all over the developers. No, dude, whatever, just you know, whatever. 
but but that being said, is, is what 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 it smacks me of is somebody said like like basically you know somebody said you know well we want to do an you know an NES an NES port of this you know arcade cabinet and we're gonna spend I don't know X amount of money doing it and everybody's like you know we basically have to rebuild this from the ground up so it will cost four X monies and they were like no you're just it already exists just put it here X monies and you know so then like. <laughs> So, so it, it just seems like that they were stressed for porting it. And I agree completely that, uh, you know, that the, um, you know, strain and the, again, like challenge of like, how long can I make this quarter last definitely added to the game. And by just like completely stripping that out, it, it definitely robbed it of, uh, of that challenge. Um, so yes, it tries to deliver on challenge and it fails. utterly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an entire game built around like most arcade games and games of this era in general. Like it's an entire game built around the challenge aesthetic with no challenge, which is with no challenge. Yeah. Which is yep. just a, seems like either an, an oversight if we're being critical or again, like I'm willing to take the leap of faith that maybe that was an intentional selling point, like all the rampage, none of the challenge and not really being <laughs> like all the rampage, none of the fun. <laughs> like none of the thing people came here for. So like, you know, may maybe they did it on purpose, kind of accepting the trade-off and maybe it was just like, oh crap, what did we do? <laughs> yeah, like all of a sudden like when yeah, the the they were like, yes, we did this thing and they're like in their final testing. You know, like they see the kid playing it and they're like, yeah, the kids loving it and after 5 minutes the kid like puts it down, gets up and goes read it reads a book and they're like what and it's like, it's like yeah man i just i'd rather read a war and peace man you know like <laughs> um you know at least okay, there were so, some uh, stakes there <laughs> uh so uh next up is fellowship so this is you know like co-op experiences you know like uh you know building through like camaraderie like it, this would be for you know uh a lot of times for uh you know Bartle's taxonomy like the social players uh things like that so does the game try to and does it succeed in delivering on fellowship uh i would say it definitely tries to and it definitely succeeds um there is no way at least on the nest cartridge to play this game competitively i mean yeah you have separate scores but like you have a single unified objective. Um, mm -hmm. And as far as I know, the arcade cabinet and the later releases were the same way. Like if more than one human is playing, you are all serving the same master of, you know, the same Lord of destruction. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that too, there are some choices um, because I, I unfortunately did not get a chance to play this co-op. Um, but if memory serves, uh, you can actually hit each other. And certainly, oh yes, you can. I think yeah. you. I think you're correct. Yeah, you can hit each other. Um, you do have separate scores, and um, and you, uh, if you like, knock down a building while your friends on it, you know, like they will fall if they don't jump off in time. So there's just enough ways for you to hurt each other that it forces you to like work together like because friendly fires on it actually i think reinforces the fellowship because there is an option to not do that you know to to like punch your friend or to just be like hey i know you need health but i'm gonna eat this health because we have different health bars right you know so like i could like punch in see some health and be like hey you need health come get it so then i'll drop down and then run over and you know continue my rampage because i'm at full health <laughs> so i think that 
it absolutely delivers on that through some very smart choices that are again immediately robbed when you remove the coin op, right? Because <laughs> I don't need to coordinate with you for health. I'll just die. You know, that's fine because then I just press a button and I get back up. I don't need to worry about punching you. I can punch you silly because then press a button and you get back up. So I don't think it robs it completely. I was being a little hyperbolic, but it takes a lot out of it because it, there, it sucks no the, the challenge part of the fellowship out. Right. Because like it requires so much less coordination because you're not playing with live ammo you know like again you know unless you are artificially putting challenge on there to say like hey we're going to try to not hit continue as much as possible or something like that uh you know you're not trying to make these quarters last you're not trying to not hit continue you're not even trying to boost up your score you're just you know playing the game so basically you know you play for about five minutes and then no doubt like if, if i accidentally hit somebody i'm like oh oops not like oh dude come on you got to do better man we got to we got to pull together we got to win this so i feel that again dropping dropping that one core aesthetic rippled out and and kind of like hit a lot of their other core aesthetics <laughs> on, on its way yeah that the removing removing the challenge so completely like not just saying we made it easier or even we it was hard and we made it easy but saying there is no there are no stakes there is nothing at risk you will lose nothing it is as if you are a flawless player it's not like it tells you how many times you died and you had to like respawn or that you flew back in holding on to the blimp like there are no visual auditory sensory penalties of any kind and the 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 ripples from that boulder falling into the lake reach far yep so so it does but with that being said though i think that it does try to deliver on fellowship and i definitely think the original arcade port did or the original arcade game did very well and i think that this one still does it's just it is it is a shell of its former self it it is um, it it delivers on fellowship but it doesn't without the challenge kind of like the fantasy is a little hollow without more variation uh mm -hmm. in the in the mechanics and in the the gameplay in general the fellowship is very shallow without the challenge or any stakes of any kind absolutely so then uh next up is competition so this is hu human on humans on humans humans trying to say you know like be better than other humans so does it try to, and does it successfully deliver on that? So this, I think of our, of our uh, aesthetics we've hit so far, I would say it is not trying to deliver on that, but I think it accidentally could <laughs> because uh, if there's friendly fire, which I'm, I'm like really close to positive that you're right, but I also did not get to play this uh, multiplayer. Um, if there's friendly fire, then you can make this a competitive game where you are going after some health, like you're going to eat a person out of a window, and I come and knock your dumb lizard ass to the ground. Well, I guess you would be George the gorilla, obviously. I come yeah. and knock your dumb gorilla ass to the ground, right? Like, <laughs> that, that, that's, that is a thing we could do, and then because there are no stakes in terms of death, we can decide as two players, we are fighting over score. Like right. I want a higher score than you. And because like we both kind of collaboratively decide when the level ends, 
there are some interesting ways we could choose to compete, but that's not the intention of the game, and that's only possible in a world where we are immortal monsters who can never die. Exactly. And I think that, so I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, which is that, and I, I think that is that you can artificially, it, it gives you the negative space to artificially add challenge or add competition on top of it, but it does it does not try to, and I don't think that it does deliver on that because, you know, it, it's kind of like, does, <laughs> does watching Aladdin get you drunk? Well, no, unless you add a drinking game to it, then it absolutely can't, you know? So like, like, but, but, but one of the things Aladdin is not trying to do is get you drunk by virtue of watching it. Yeah, no, that's um, an oddly specific metaphor that I will ask you more about off the air. You played the Aladdin drinking game. Did we? Oh yeah, no. Because remember, Did I there lose was a whole... so badly. I just have no memories. Yes, because it's it's <laughs> horrifying. Like there's a whole bunch of uh, there's a whole bunch of like rules. And there weren't a whole. There was three or four, but like the one, the only one that matters is oh, every, every time the genie references like a thing like outside there, it's out. It's chronologically or uh, spatially like in, in incongruous. Yeah. Right? So he's like Jack Nicholson, or he makes Abu look like the Cadillac. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's I'm God, no how are we not dead? <laughs> I know, right? Like because I remember like the genie shows up and pausing it and being like, Everybody refresh your drink. It's about to get increasingly real. Yeah. And, and it's then... only gonna get realer. Like this is this is the <laughs> least real and it's only gonna go up from here. Yeah. It's it's you're you're about to have a huge drinking spike. But uh Oof. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a young man's game. That is old, <laughs> old, is old people or people with sensitive constitutions should not play the Aladdin drinking game. Mm-mm. Nope, not at all. But uh so anyway, so so I would say no and no on competition. Um, discovery. So this was like uncovering, uncovering the game, the act of uncovering the game. Is that something, is that a reason why you play it? And, and interestingly, a lot of the times, you know, people think of discovery as like, like going, like, like opening up a map, you know, uh, but also, uh, discovering new mechanics within a game. So, uh, Minecraft is a good example of like where the mechanics open up, um, or like emergent gameplay situations. I, one could make the argument that, um, uh, Darkest Dungeon delivers on Discovery because it does it intentionally completely like occludes your vision of the entire scope of the game. So like as you're finding these new emergent ways that things are terrible things are happening to you, that uh that, that that's part of the reason why you would go to the game. So does this game try to and does it succeed in delivering on Discovery? Uh, I'm gonna I gotta say no and no. Like they're not. They're not attempting to hide anything from you or reveal things over time intentionally on level design, mechanics, um, artwork, audio. Like, basically, you see the first screen and you have now seen 99% of the game. And then a few of... Uh, like a few of the levels have like mountains in the background. Like you go to Boulder, Colorado and there's mountains. And I appreciated <laughs> that because I live near there. And um, you know, there's like a few of the, the levels have bridges that collapse when you walk on them and there's water that you sink in. But those mechanics aren't obscured from you in a way that you like discover. There's certainly no thrill of discovery. And right. it's just like a thing that happens. And, and again, that pool is super shallow so the like two things visually and mechanically that are not present in 
the first like five levels show up in the next five and then like that's about it that's where changes stop well and i would so as far as does it deliver i agree no it does not (laughs) deliver on this for whether or not they're trying to the only counter argument i would say is that because i would agree with you if not for this one thing which is like at some point i think it may be during one of the bumps in between because in between each level it'll say like you know do you want to stop eating terrible things punch slower and and all that kind of stuff you know um one of the things it says is there's 128 levels in rampage try to play them all and that to me is them trying to sell sell you on like like oh man there's 128 levels you got to check them all out man like like look at how expensive <laughs> this game is you know and it's just kind of like yeah but they're all the same you know and like like we said like it it there's nothing special about any of them there's no reason to check out level 128 because level 1 and level 128 are going to be exactly the same so i actually think that they kind of are trying to deliver on discovery but or at least they're trying to sell you on it, you know, but they just, again, because there's, there is no difference and, and yeah, you well, know, the, so. And, and moving, removing that challenge thing, man. Cause like I can totally, <laughs> I can totally agree with you that the, the, the bait of there's 128 levels. See if you're King Kongy enough to experience them all, even though they're functionally identical, Getting to them is the mechanical challenge because you have to keep pumping quarters in or you have to be really good at the game, right? When you remove the challenge element, it's like 128 blank pages. Inspect each one pointlessly. Like it's <laughs> it just it makes no there's no thrill of the chase when there's no chase and no thrill. So basically what 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 this did was it took um reading books you know which is normally something very enjoyable but it handed them all to toff <laughs> so <laughs> so i actually uh my old boss uh his he like academically studies like the nature of fun um oh, nice. i don't know if he's ever listened to the show but he's like a real sourpuss so i'm sure he would just crap all over everything we've ever said but oh, bummer but i'm about to give him he's just that kind of person but i'm about to give him a thumbs up to a funny thing he did um amazon will let you uh like print you can like self publish a book through amazon and hmm. they'll like they'll print a physical book so on amazon right now and i will actually put a link to this in the show notes because it's kind of funny if you just want to leave this on your coffee table to like mess with people when they come to your house he wrote like i can't remember the exact title but it's like the definitive guide to fun and it's like 200 solid black pages. <laughs> There's not a single word written inside this book. See, now, for, for the self-publishing thing, I now I want to get on there and just print a book that's how to communicate with people from Steven Universe, and I just wanted to have those two pages. The, the two pages. Think about what yeah. you want to say. Say it. Say it, yeah. yeah. No, I, I would buy that if that existed. Yeah, I think I, I, think I might... I might have to throw some money on that. And that's something I would keep on my coffee table because that's something that anytime when somebody's like, Hey, so can we talk about something? I just hand them the book, be like, here, read this real fast. And yeah. then yes. Yeah. But, but <laughs> I just, I just want to make sure you're clear. And so that the audience is clear. These are not like 200 blank pages. These are they're inked black. from no, they're white pages that have black ink from top to bottom. Just cause just cause it's fun. Excellent. Well, 
so anyway, so that that's but uh, to, to to bring it back, um, that's that one line is where it makes me think that like no, you were you were trying to be like oh look at how immansive and and it's it's very similar to like games today that that tell you about how big and immersive their world is, but there's nothing in it to do you know oh my god it's like uh oh what, what was the name of the not it's not horizon zero dawn it's um oh what was the one where it, where it had like 10 trillion procedurally generated oh planets? Yeah. <laughs> the, the poster child for yeah there's a lot of it but i don't want to see any of it uh yeah that in fact is called no man's sky no man's sky <laughs> there it is yeah no, it's like that, where it's just kind of like, wow, look at all, all, all of these, all this raw surging water makes me wonder why I should give a damn. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's that. It's just kind of like, look at all this stuff, and I just can't possibly care about it. Yeah, no, it's 200 solid black pages. Like, it's just, yeah. it, it's like, you saw the first one, the other ones might be a slightly different shade of black if the machine was running low on ink, but, like, I'm not here yeah. for that. And that's... Yeah. That's what I mean. Like everything changed. You wouldn't think removing the one mechanic of the the threat of death would change everything into the the tightest corners, way on the edges of this game design. But it does. It just it, screws it all up. It does. No, and and actually, because that's and that's I think speaks to how well this model works as far as analyzing games. Because you know, like you said, like. Games will deliver on like one, two, three, maybe four, right? You know, but like this one, the challenge was the cornerstone, you know? And so by lifting that out, it just immediately like everything else, even though like the, you know, like we could say like fantasy and fellowship were like right up there, like next to it, you just, you pulled that main one out and then like everything falls apart. Um, so next up is expression. So this is games that allow you to express some part of yourself. Um, this would be uh, definitely like, uh, like I mean, obviously Dungeons and Dragons would fall right nicely into this. Um, but also games where, you know, like uh, typically ones that like have a, uh, uh, you know, karma bar, you know, where you can like mm. kind of like be a really good person or be a really evil person, you know, like things that allow you to express some some portion of yourself. So, um, so differ- differentiate this from fantasy for me. So I'm... I'm living out the fantasy of being King Kong, but I'm expressing the good parts of my personality if I play Fallout and I give the the guy who's dying of thirst water, right? Right. So like like Fallout, it's it's the difference between, you know, like like I'm playing this game because I want to be a wasteland wanderer, or I'm playing this game because I want to express myself through gameplay, you know? Mm. So um for example uh, the Last of Us would be potentially uh, one where you could say that it delivers on fantasy. It does not deliver on expression. Oh, because you don't really get to choose how Joel acts. Like, th- things it, more or less just happen. Right. So it absolutely delivers on fantasy or uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, it absolutely delivers on fantasy. Like, you, you're in their shoes. You want to – You well, I don't know if you want to be them, but you are them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, you know, like, you, you can't express yourself in any way. Um, hmm, okay. So does this game try to and does it successfully deliver on expression? Uh, I mean, based on that understanding, I would say <laughs> I like that big, big like from off camera thumbs down. <laughs> like no, <laughs> no. Um, I wouldn't say they are. It definitely doesn't deliver on it, but I wouldn't say they're even trying to. Like I, 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 I think more in the vein of 
expecting everyone to have the shared cultural knowledge of what King Kong is and what he's about and what Godzilla is and what he's about. Um, yeah, like they're they're kind of saying like we we expect you to do these things and behave in this way, and if you don't want to do that, maybe don't play this right. Like if if you have a yeah. fear of falling from tall buildings, and every time the little a uh, little avatar of the the woman in the high window falls all the way down to the ground. You like freak out. You can't like you can't catch her and save her, and then she redeems your soul, and then you decide to stop destroying New York City. Like that's not what this is, right? No, I, and I would say that the game is kind of pigeonholed enough to the point where there, there's really no expression because, like, it, even if you made the argument you know that you're like i i am deciding that i am a good monster and i want to play through this game like i mean it's it doesn't even have even in the later well like let's take fallout for example like you know fallout one and two you could do doctor who mode and never kill anybody Mm -hmm. right and then they slowly start to remove that type of expression because they they kind of again like get narrower and narrower on how you have to play the game where you like you have to be violent at some point (laughs) although That that specific example has one of my all-time favorite uh, player workarounds where players who wanted to beat like Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 4 um, as a pacifist, there are characters that have to be murdered for the game to allow you to progress because they decided to force you to do that, which I think was a bad design choice um, in that, that specific universe. Uh, but you can kite those people to where there are friendly NPCs or other aggressive monsters, and they will do the murdering for you. So, Yep, so just like the doctor. Yeah, pretty um, much. <laughs> so that maybe that's what they were like. We need a more authentic Doctor Who mode. <laughs> but uh but yeah so i mean like but there is no way to do that in this no. game you know you can't decide hey i'm gonna try to play it on pacifist mode or i'm going to try to you know basically do anything other than smash buildings and eat people if if, if you're not in it to smash buildings and eat people you're not you're playing the wrong game that's that's what this yeah. game does which this is the <laughs> smash get buildings and eat people simulator. yeah but i and, you know un- unlike some of the other uh pretty much all of the other um aesthetics we talked about like I don't fault them for that. And I wouldn't fault most designers for passing on expression. Like most games I think are either narrative. Like we have a story that we want to tell or are uh, just like, it's a mechanics driven game. Like you're just here, you're here to play football. You're here to smash buildings and eat people, right? Like that's, they're not trying to create a universe in which you decide if you're going to be moral or if you're going to be evil. And the games that do that, that is like their main selling point. Like Fallout is very loud about having the karma system. And like Mass Effect was very loud about having the tree choices, whatever the hell they called it. And like the Dragon Age Origins is another example of like totally. one that gives you a lot of expression and has a strong yeah. narrative. All, all the Morrowind games have a really strong narrative, yep. just like the Mass Effect games, but also and the Fallout games, but also are like you can decide to be a neutral person, a good person, a bad person. Maybe some other options are sometimes present. Different classes. Yeah. Um, so so I think the the, the games right, that care but... a lot about that like go out of their way to be like, here we are, here is where you get to be part of the story and decide how the story goes. And I would say if you, you know, lined up every single video game ever made, that's most likely in the minority. Most games I think are like, this is what this game's about. I I agree. I think that, um, 
I think that games, especially games that try to deliver on narrative and expression, have to be very tightly focused to those core aesthetics. Like they have to really just be like, this is what we're delivering on. We want to deliver a strong story where you also get to express yourself as an individual through that story. And we're just going to kind of like let everything else drop out, you know, like, I mean, like, and again, they'll have all of these things. Like you can still like have really stunning visuals and all sorts of stuff. But it's like, but no, if this is what we're focusing on. If another core aesthetic clashes with that, we're trying to deliver on clashes with this, it auto loses, you know, like, like we're, we're tying the hands of every other aesthetic. This is what we're delivering on. Otherwise you, you end up with like, and we've seen it in like all of these, like, like tons of bad clones and things (laughs) that do stuff like that, where it just, it, it, if you don't have that laser focus on those two things, then the game starts to really fall apart and get finicky pretty quickly. But no, I don't think that they're even making an attempt to deliver on expression. So, which is good because I mean, again, you know, like not all games have to, and not all games should try to deliver on all of these. Like, like again, there is a very, very few subset of them that actually deliver strongly on more than four. And even then those games it's like games within games you know like it's it's those are shooting the moon you know you 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 want to just abandon some of them to be like nope we're not this is not a game about expression so so no on expression and and good on them for for not for not trying well and and Um, i think another thing that we i don't think we explicitly stated is that uh none of these are like value judgments right like Having a certain aesthetic is not good or bad. Having more aesthetics is not good. Having fewer aesthetics is not bad um, or, or the reverse, right? Like these are, these are um, not genres, but they're almost like, like, oh, this is this type of game. It has this challenge aesthetic, a competition aesthetic, a fellowship aesthetic, right? So uh, these, a game can be or not be any combination of these things and it could be be one thing and be a great game or be several things and be a terrible game. So like this right. is a classification system in like an academic scientific design sense. It is in no way a value judgment. And the reason I say that is because we're coming up on that all important question soon. <laughs> we are, we have one more. Um, but, and I think that, that you, you, you hit the nail on the head to me. It's kind of like what we've discussed in a, in an earlier episode, which is to me, it is not a failure to not try to deliver on something and successfully not try to deliver on something. It's it's when you are trying to deliver on an aesthetic and failing where it's like that to me is it's like, that's where, because then, and, and again, no, no, no judgments. I mean, you, you, you learn best through your failures, but you have to acknowledge it. it's like, we tried to do a thing and we were not successful on it. Um, so the last aesthetic is abnegation. So this is, I love um, that word so much. I know, right? Not such a great, it's such a great word. So this is a game that this that you just go, you play to zone out. Um, to for me, the pinnacle example of this is Friends. You know, like the sitcom. Oh, I like just, your your like security media, like it's just on, and you're just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like ah, oh, this is nice. Like I just come in and like you know, normally on the weekends when like I'm eating lunch and like I want to focus on eating because the food I've made is delicious and I don't want my attention drawn to like some like new thing I'm trying to pay attention to. I was put on an episode of friends because like that's enjoyable, but it does not really pull my focus. So add negation does, does this game try to, and does it succeed on delivering on abnegation? So this is the one place I would say the nest port is overwhelmingly triumphant compared to its arcade <laughs> brethren. Where- but again, the problem is that they're not trying to deliver on abnegation. But by releasing this cornerstone, all the rubble falls into the pile of abnegation. You know? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, they are not <laughs> trying to be like, oh, yeah, man, just chill out and play some Rampage. They're trying to be like, oh, my God, it's just like the arcade game, but in your house, ah, Rampage. But instead, it's like, hey, man, just chill out and play some Rampage. Yeah, Rampage and chill, man. You know, just like, <laughs> like just sit there and you know, throw on some Rampage. Because, I mean, that's the thing is that, like, honestly, when I was playing this, I, I today, um, you know, like I was just hanging out with Teddy and I was like, oh, I need to do this and, and take notes on it again just like refresh myself and uh and yeah i was just kind of like i could i could throw on some rampage play for about 10 minutes you know that'd be fun that that and it actually did like i'm not being facetious like that 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 felt like i was like that could be a fun thing to do it's just to throw this on for about 10 minutes and then be completely done with it and i think that even that would wane over time just because you always start on level one like if there was like a password system that allowed you to jump around i'd say that it would that would but again that's not in there because they were not trying to deliver on abnegation. If they were, then this kind of system would probably have been in there because they would have been like, well, if they're just trying to chill, like, like chill out, if you, you know, you got to be able to select your friends episode. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to passively watch friends if I always had to start on season one, episode yeah. one. Well, And like you the, know? the gaming example that jumps to mind for me, um, where they were not trying to deliver on abnegation originally, and then super decided to go the other direction is any of the band simulators so guitar hero rock mm -hmm. band um there were others um even like ddr i think eventually went this way where in the early versions of those games at least the popular ones like the original guitar hero games and the first rock band like you had there was like a story you had to like unlock later songs and then by the you know third and fourth and fifth revision of these games, which let's face it are all the exact same friggin' game just with a different track list, they were like, "Hey, um, the the code <laughs> to unlock all the songs is starting the game, and then you just have all of the songs in the game unlocked because they realized no one is here for the narrative, like." Or such yeah. a vanishingly small portion of people are here for the narrative that we can essentially ignore them because we know they're also here for the challenge and they're also here for the fantasy and we can just ignore the narrative because, oh my God, who cares, right? So those yes. like evolved into abnegation games intentionally and thoughtfully and given only the two examples of rampage and rock band, you can see the difference between when it's done on purpose and when it's done by accident. Exactly. No, I agree completely. Is that, <laughs> is that, and again, this is just, you know, it's, it's, uh, one of the things that's, uh, I, I don't know if this is ubiquitous, but it's very common in my industry, um, which is it's say what you do, do what you say, document it. Right. So this is kind of like somewhere where it's just kind of like, like set out to do a thing and do it, you know? And so it's just kind of like the things that they set out to do, they did not do. And then, some of the things they didn't set out to do, they did do. And so thus it wasn't, it wasn't done well. It just kind of like happened. And so again, you know, you're just kind of like, I, I would love to just, just rack up the points in that negation, but it falls short because there's no password system because I, I can't just turn this on and play some rampage because eventually I'm going to get tired of playing the first three levels, yeah. you know? So, so yeah. So <laughs> then that does bring us, you know, to, to full circle, um, does it hold up? But before before we answer that, I'm going to do a quick recap on the scorecard we've got here. Oh, have you also been so keeping score? Of, I'm going to wonder, like, I, how, because I, I came up with, like, a little scoring system. <laughs> oh, my, mine was probably way not as, <laughs> as, as good because mine's super bare bones. But I basically wrote down all the ones that we thought that they were trying to deliver on. And then 
or all the ones where we we said like that they that they themselves did not pass on, and then whether or not they did deliver on it. So for fantasy, we said yes, they were trying to deliver on fantasy, and they did an okay job. You know, uh, challenge they were absolutely trying to deliver on that and failed completely. Yep. <laughs> um, fellowship for fellowship, they were trying to deliver on it and and did an adequate job, except for the fact that it's immediately spoiled by the fact that by removing the challenge, it also impacts fellowship. Um, discovery that they were trying to deliver on that to some degree, but fails fail again because of the impact of the challenge and uh, the fact that there's you know no password system and everything looks the same. <laughs> uh, and finally, abnegation, they were not trying to deliver on that, but they succeeded kind of. So that that was my final score. Did you come up with something uh, similar? Yeah, my my scoring is similar. I I did like a like a minus neutral plus. So like like <clears throat> failed to deliver yeah and then like a plus and I knew that I had screwed myself into a bad ranking system when in three different places I had to do like a neutral circle with a plus or a minus in it. And I was just <laughs> like I'm looking at my my score sheet and I'm like this is what happens when you're like deciding how you're going to rank gold medalists at the olympics like while they're competing <laughs> this, is, this is what happens when you haven't decided to make a concerted effort in a specific direction at the outset instead you just kind of haphazardly do things and it evolves over time like the game rampage yes. see like that that's what i did i was like no how can i come up with a metaphor during the episode <laughs> that shows how the design process when not taken seriously can lead to a shoddy product and the shoddy product is circles and dashes <laughs> there you go so so you see actually your node system is the best because it is the best reflection of the game right. so so very very yeah, well but, done and totally intentional. scoring scoring wise um i mean yeah we're we're in agreement about uh what they were trying to do what they delivered and the things they did by accident so we we are you know ranking system aside like we're in agreement about that which then here we go does brings us up? to that question does it hold up and um no like no 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 and nope. like if you played this game as a kid the nintendo one and mm -hmm. you played it with someone else and you can still play it with someone else, then I would give this a solid nostalgia monocle. And I would be like, just try and put yourself back into the mind of child you with your, maybe even the same friend if you've known them all your life and just play Rampage and like have a little nostalgia experience. And like, that is totally a fine way to spend some of your time, even a lot of your time if you're into it. But could I recommend this to someone now who's never played it? Absolutely not. Like under no circumstances. But could I recommend the arcade cabinet if you actually had to pump quarters in or if you had like a live system, if it was like a hacked arcade cabinet that you bought, you know, or something like, yeah, totally. But without the challenge element, the the core that all in, in you know, the, the soul, the, the truth yeah, the on down. the other side of the gate, right? Like without <laughs> that one element in the nest port it's just it, it's it's just a sad sad shadow of the original arcade game oh absolutely no i i i couldn't agree more is that um by virtue of removing and this just kind of shows that when you're not really taking a hard look at, at what you're trying to do and you accidentally because we, we kind of said that they they tried to deliver on four different aesthetics which aesthetics which is ambitious for a game of this time right even if we're wrong three is still pretty 
pretty hard. But because they weren't focused in on their their biggest and most important one challenge, and they made that oversight, it just completely like I think your announcer is it rippled out and it just impacted every other aesthetic in a negative fashion, you know? And then again, you know, the only one that affected positively, they they weren't able to capitalize on that because this was not a carefully made decision. So, so, so uh, it's almost so like when does, designing the game, they went on a rampage. The curtain falls, the music plays, the credits roll, then it all fades black and you're left by yourself the fanfare is gone there's no player two there by your side to share victories won but as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the end of a smile 